we managed to finish our topic last time of um, the um, preparing for the Lord's coming. And I believe that what I have today is going to help us in the days ahead because as we move along in 2024, um, we're seeing that there's so many different things that's happened that's been quite challenging for many. Um, personally, um, as organizationally as a church, um, in the world that we're living in, it's really crucial that as we go in, in the days ahead, that we actually hear what the Spirit is saying individually for our lives so that we can walk in it and walk in the plan that He has for us. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11, it says this. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And also the scripture says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. It says, in this life only, we have hope in Christ. We are all we are all men most miserable. And in this fallen world that we're in, if we just hold on to Christ and then just think we've, we've got this world, there's a lot more to it. There's eternity to think about. Um, whilst we're here on this earth, it's great we have Christ and we're in this world. It's not just this world. We're, we're passing through this world. And so because we're passing through this world, it's essential that we prepare for eternity. And the way that we can prepare for eternity is to follow the plans that the Lord has for us. Because as one man puts it, this is just like um, a preparationary stage for us for eternity. All the decisions, everything we do here now is going to determine our destiny. And so with that, I want us to look at how to find God's plan for your life. How to find God's plan for your life. Um, so with that, I want us to begin to look at a few verses of scriptures um, that would help us in this regard. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says this in the New Living Translation. It reads, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the, thing, do the good things he planned for us a long ago. So the, word, the, the Greek word for workmanship means that creative masterpiece. It's really a, incredible. Each one of us are God's 
creative masterpiece. That is amazing. You, you can just sit there and you just meditate on that. Now, God, when he's made us with this, this creative masterpiece, we have to take it, strip everything right back. In order for us to really find the will of God, you, we have to go right back to basics. And it means that we need to go back to the heart of man. Because everything comes from the heart. Everything, the Bible says that out of the issues of, out of the heart is the issues of life. And so in the book of Psalm 51, even David said this, create in me a clean heart. Because of the condition of man's heart, God had to send his son Jesus to come and deal with the conditions of, of condition of man's heart. And so when we give our hearts to Christ, the Bible says that there's a new creation that takes place because of the condition of man. Man's heart had to be recreated in order for us to be in a position to even be in line with, to get the will of God for our lives. So when we put our faith in him, God is then able to then touch us and then we receive Christ because it's by faith that the Bible is where we're saved. It's not by works that any man should boast. It's by grace that we're faith, saved, but it's through faith in him. But the first thing that really needs to be dealt with when, he, when we, we're recreated is sin. Because sin is the blockage. Sin is that thing that comes in between us and God. And if sin is not dealt with in any way, shape or form, God cannot intervene in our hearts. He cannot intervene in our lives. And in fact, if we want to know the will of God, the real true will of God, if sin is not dealt with, he cannot even lead us because there's a blockage right there. And so whatever it is that the Spirit of God is, as you go throughout your weeks, as your days, the Spirit of God has been dealing with you, with how you should conduct your life. I know he's been challenging me on many things, I tell you. He's been speaking to me about you need to sort this out. And it's, it's been tough. It's been tough, I, I'll be honest. Oh, Lord. But there is grace to help us. But I'm saying all this to say that if we don't deal with it and we just push it underneath the carpet, we're not going to move forward with, with the Lord. And as we move forward in the Lord, the... The thing that we have to deal with, with all the kinds of things like the, the self-will, the stubbornness, pride. These are all the things um, from the fallen nature that we're having to deal with time and time again. And when we come before the Lord with honesty and sincerity and purity of heart saying, Lord, this is where I'm at. 
This is what the position of my heart, my life. I want to move forward with you, Lord. I want to walk in purity before you. I, I, I want to hear from you, Lord, but I've got this thing that I'm struggling with. He will be able to help you and give you the grace that you need. So that's the first thing. Sin is the first thing that needs to be dealt with. So he then begins to deal with our heart when he comes into our lives. It's like when you're having to deal with a house that is, you're going to clean out all the, the rubbish. When, I, I, you know, when you're going to do like a refurb on a house, you have to get rid of all the old and put in the new. You need to get rid of all the old um, bathroom suite and the whole old kitchen suite. And that's what God is doing in our lives. He's refurbishing our house, our hearts. And he comes into our hearts. And the light of his word begins to be unveiled to us. And he shows us as we read the word, the word is illuminated to us and we start to see the things that we need to change and we start to say lord this is the condition of my yes this is the condition of our hearts and as we respond to him then the word can begin to change us as we yield to him I remember some time back um, when I was working at one of the law firms, there was, um, how many of you remember the love virus that came out? It was, uh, it, this, was this is worldwide. It was by two Philippine boys. They sent a love virus out to everybody's email address. When you clicked on the um, attachment, it would send out an email to all of your contacts and it would then clog up the whole system. And it did, because um, we was amongst it and it was quite a situation. And it, it affected, it was a worldwide thing, you can Google it, it's, it's, it's there. 2000, May 2000 it was around. But I'm, I'm saying that to mention that that cause a major catastrophe and it's, it's sometimes it's like that with our hearts there's things that this just has polluted us so much and this is what God has come to do to remove all of that sin remove all of the the fleshly carnal ways in us The other thing when we come to the Lord is that he then gives us also, as is spoken of in Corinthians, the ministry of reconciliation. So this means that he's given us the ability to be able to reach out to people and to bring people to Christ, to bring them, to, to get them restored. And then also the Bible highlights that how we're ambassadors 
So as we know, every ambassador is a representative of a country. Now I know John Marchio, dad used to be an ambassador and I know Mel's dad used to be an ambassador. And they went to, they were part of, uh, of a, they were a representative of the country. And they went to a, a nation and every single time you would, your dad or Mel's dad went to the nation, they would have the backing of that country. They would have every, uh, all the authority that was needed. And anything that was spoken, they, they would, they would, because they were the representative, they would have to be heard because of they're the speaking on behalf of the other country. We too are a representative of Christ. So when you come to Christ, when we all come to Christ, we receive this ministry of reconciliation and we have the backing of heaven. We may not feel like we have the backing of heaven, but according to the scriptures, we are ambassadors for Christ. So when we step out and when we go to the streets and when we go to our workplaces and when we go wherever we are, we have the whole backing of heaven. And there is nothing that is going to be withheld from us. I also remember when, um, I don't know if it was the time when um, Mel and I went, but there was certainly a time when we went to India. And they were actually killing Christians. And we, I know myself, Pastor Joe, I think it was Alpha Cecil or Mel, I can't remember. We was, we was out there one time. And we went to, um, I'm getting hot now. My Lord of heaven. Thank you, brother. Um, there was a place called Vijayawada that we went to, right? And it was like a proper like, jungle setup. I'm sure Mel was on this one. And they were saying that they were killing Christians all in and around the area. And we had to go to um, baptize some people. And boy, we was like praying, but we were saying, Lord, you've got to help us here because <laughs> we're going to, we're on a mission for Jesus. And, you know, one of the other things as well, when we went to the airport, we had to make sure we had to say, we're, we're going on a holiday. We're not here for a mission. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, we went to Vijayawada, and we remember that we had to go, we went to baptize some people, but the Lord protected us. But then we also heard that in other places, churches were being set on fire, and it was quite scary. But I'm saying all of this to say that when you have the backing of heaven, nothing can stop you as long as God is, has asked you and commissioned you to go. Because if God is for us, no man can be against us. So you and I are ambassadors. And when we have God with us, by us, this, this directing us, leading us, guiding us, he will show us what to say, what not to say. Sometimes it gets a bit like, Lord, I, I, I don't even know how I'm going to, you know, pay this thing to do what you've asked me to do. But we just have to trust him, rely upon him. If he has asked you to do the thing, just do it. Just as Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
instructed the people, just do it. He says, you know, they're at this party. Just let, you know, he's going to turn this water into wine. Whatever he says, just do it. The thing is, is that when there's persecution, persecution, it comes. And when people are being persecuted, they're not, they're actually persecuting Christ, but we are his representatives. In the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 4, it's, it reads about how it says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul was actually persecuting those Christians that were all in chains and they were on their way and he was actually going to um, get these, these Christians persecuted and sorted out. But he had a visitation from heaven and then he actually got convicted by the Spirit to stop what he was doing. He got blinded by the Spirit and was then commanded to go to... Um, I think, I think I've forgotten the name of the apostle. But my point is, is that he had a visitation from heaven. And these Christians that he was persecuting, he was actually persecuting Christ. So my point is, because any time when we are persecuted, the, 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 the demon spirits, the devils trying to come against Christ because we're his representatives. Anything that we're doing for him, we are his ambassadors along the way. So, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 6, it reads this. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God have dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one, body in Christ and every one member every one members one of another having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith so in these verses of scripture 
we notice that it's, it's all to do with how can I put it? When we come to Christ, we have to lay ourselves on, on the altar. We have to lay ourselves on the table of the Lord. You see, the altar is quite significant in the Bible because it speaks of a, a lot of things. The altar is where encounters can take place. Changes takes place. God wants us all to be on his operating table. Because when we go on his operating table, he then begins to change things in us. So, and in the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals because they wanted for mankind to be forgiven of sin. Remember, the priests was the only one that could go into the holies of holies, present and, and the, the body, don't know, the animals, for, and the, the sacrifice only lasted for one year. But then after, so every year they had to do the same thing. So in this verse of scripture that we just read in um, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. God wants us to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. The Bible says that without holiness, no man will see the Lord. So we know that as a believer, as a Christian, we not only have to um, present our bodies as a living sacrifice, but we have to be holy. So what that means is, we need to be, in the simple layman's terms, we need to be exclusively for the Lord. Exclusive. Like John Mark has, Marcia is exclusive to John Mark. No other man can go near Marcia. We was having a chat the other day, John Mark and I, and I was saying that, um, so at my, the, the, the wedding, the, my, my, when Mel and I got married, there was, there was a big chatter in the car with um, the, I think John Mark will be able to give more detail, but one thing you mentioned, they said, oh, those guys were talking about your cousin, you know, they were all talking about her, oh my word, gosh, she's a bit all right, isn't it? That, and they were all trying to, and then John Mark just said under his breath quietly, who knows, I might just marry her. And lo and behold, we thank the Lord that today he's won, he got the victory. Anyway, <laughs> Marcia is exclusive to John Mark. And the Lord, the Bible says, is a jealous God. He's jealous. He does not want anyone else to come in between you and him. Your relationship with God is exclusive. It is vital 
that nothing comes in between, that no idol comes in between, that no sin comes in between you and him. Your relationship with God is precious. He made us to know him. He made us to worship him. He made us to serve him. He made us to walk and have fellowship with him. But in the process of all of it, it's important that we lay ourselves on the altar for him to do that work and to carve out those things that have been a blockage, a hindrance to him. You see, on that altar is brokenness. On that altar is humility. There's a recognizing of the things that you have done wrong before him. And a recognizing of you needing him, his spirit. As we, as we go about our day, as we go about our life, we need to be in complete dependence upon the Lord. Jesus, when he was here on earth, he was totally dependent upon the Father. He says, I cannot do anything except I hear from heaven. He could not do anything. And if this is Jesus Christ, how much more you and I about depending upon him. The altar is really important. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So that, in layman's terms, means this. What he says, do you do? What he says, say you say. What he says you think, you think. This is part of you and I being on the altar. We're not our own. We've been purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. And his will, our, our will is his will. I mean, we give our will over to him. And we embrace his will. Just as Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. That is being on the altar. Because let me say this. I always hear this when I, when I, when I first came to the, come to the Lord, it'll be great, you know, it'll be great. It's, it's, it's a good life. Yeah, it is. But they forgot to tell me about this part, you know. The sacrifice, the will, everything being 
on the altar. On the altar. They forgot to say that part. And that's important. Because that part is the thing that will change your life, my life. What is it that, that the Lord is asking you to do? And what is it that the, the Lord is asking you to change? What is it that you need to let go so that you can be all that you need and he needs you to be on this earth? Because, you know, we're here with an assignment, you know. We're not just here to exist and pay bills and to live a lovely life. We're not. We've got an agenda. And each of us have to fulfill it, fulfill that agenda before we leave. The Bible says that it is appointed unto man to die once and afterwards the judgment. As I get older, it makes me more sober to think how I live my life. I think about major decisions that I've made in the past and then think about, if I make this now, how is this going to determine my future for me and my family and my church? I need to be careful which is why I really felt it was very crucial that we speak about this. Because many people are making decisions in these days and that we're living in. And sometimes the decisions that are being made are dangerous. In the eyes of them, it seems and feels right, but it's not. Because... The decision was made, was a carnal decision. And when you and I, anyone, makes a decision out of carnality, it, you, there's a fruit that you will bear. But if it's born and birthed out the Spirit, you're safe. Because it's out of the Spirit. So, just as it's, writ as it's written in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is our reasonable service. Then it goes into saying, verse 2, that we may know what is the good, the acceptable and perfect will of God. How can you and I know his good and his acceptable and perfect will of God when we're on the altar? When we're on the altar, we can know his will. And our minds are being renewed with his word. When our minds are being renewed 
and consumed with his word, then we'll be able to know the good, the acceptable and perfect will of God. Because we don't want to walk in our own understanding. We don't want to walk in our own thinking. Because we'll get it wrong. As is written in Proverbs, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Not in some. Not in, Lord, I don't need you here. I've got a degree in this. No. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Because the Lord wants us to be like children before him. He wants us to have that childlike faith, that childlikeness. Lord, what shall I do? Where shall I go? Regardless of how old we are, because we need him. Every step, every day, every minute and every hour. Just realize that my time's gone. We'll continue this. Um... When, my, when I'm next to speak. But I want to pray that the Lord will help us on this journey in living for him. Father, we come before you this morning. We recognize that we are in great need of your spirit to help us. I pray that you will help us to lay our will, our lives down on the altar before you so that we can be your servants, your slaves, and fulfill the reason why we're here, Lord. We pray that you will strengthen each person here and every person online. I pray that you will help us to know your will and help us, Father, as we voluntarily lay ourselves down on the altar, Father. And I thank you that we will get to know your good, your acceptable and perfect will. Father, we pray that you will give us the strength to let go of those things that hinder, that block, that stop you and I. You come in and helping us, Lord, to be more like you. Help us, my Father. We pray for your strength and your hand in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.